Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. My name is Mike Brown, and this is my wife, Jess, along with our four kids. We have spent the last three years in the country of El Salvador developing our ministry, and we are poised to take the next step to grow our family by the thousands. We have been called to reach this generation and the next generation in Central and South America for Jesus. Pretty ambitious, but with God, all things are possible. God said go, and we go, no questions asked. The ministry that we have been blessed to spearhead is a cutting-edge ministry in salvation, discipleship, and leadership through military training and extreme mentoring called Elite Teams. In the 90-second video that follows, we will give you some insight into what this ministry is all about. Mike Brown, I'm the director of Elite, or Elite, and what we seek to accomplish here in this program is, is not just a physical aspect, but, but a spiritual one as well. We seek to, to help students, we seek to help young people overcome these barriers in their lives. You know, most of the time we, we're told that we're not good enough and we, we, we can't do this or we can't do that and we don't have enough strength, but we're here to show that with God all things are possible, that you can overcome anything in your life. And we use obstacles, we use physical training, but also we use things that most people would think are difficult to show that everybody has it in them to overcome everything in their lives. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, good morning, church again. I'm Pastor Jeremy, and with us this morning are my friends Mike and Jess Brown. Would you give them a warm C2 welcome? Good morning. I feel feel the love. I do. I feel the love. Thank you. I feel welcome. Well, we're glad that you're with us. Uh, Some of our congregation know you from our couple years. We've been down in El Salvador six years, but we met you two years ago uh, when you joined King's Castle Ministry. And and we've just formed a bond and a friendship. At least I like to call you a friend. I'm not really sure what you say about me. Uh, I say, I want to say, can I say something about you again? Okay. You have okay. a microphone. It's, so. I do have a microphone. Don't cut me off, all right? <laughs> keep it going. Whatever happens, just keep going. It's good. Hey, I want to tell you, um, church, that we've been all over the world. And we've never felt the kind of welcome and love. Now, this isn't scripted. This is something that I feel in my heart that we do here uh, at C2. This is a church of, of great leadership. Thank He's going to slip me a 20 later. <laughs> and the, the, the more you applause and, and the greater <laughs> offering next week, he's going to give the difference to me. So uh, that, you, that you guys are an incredible church and we feel so loved. We feel a part of your family. And that, that, that doesn't necessarily happen too often because missionaries kind of come in and they go out. But I want to tell you that this is the greatest church that I've had the pleasure of coming to because I feel overwhelmed with love so much so I'm like, I can't take any more. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. You're, you're an awesome church. God bless well, you. Well, you'll thank have you. to take it because we love you guys. And 
I'll, I'm just kidding. I'll take more. Keep bringing it, man. I, lo- I love hugs. I'm a hugger. <laughs> After the service, I want to hug everybody. I might but chase you down the hall and hug you. Before he gets going too much, yeah, just show, going. we have a picture of your family. Why don't you introduce us to your family? I know the kids couldn't be here because they have school, but tell us a little bit about your family. This is uh, Lane, our oldest, Callie, Joshua, and Elizabeth, and um, they all serve in El Salvador with us. Um, they're just great uh, instruments for the gospel. Um, Jesus is using them um, in all different capacities, but um, we're just so pleased that they can that we can do this as a family. That's right. When we met you a couple of years ago, um, you had, you had just transferred into to King's Castle, and uh, for those of you who don't know, King's Castle is a ministry we've been working with in El Salvador for about six years. And uh, the teams that we take are a construction team, medical team, and our, our street evangelism team. And so we've had the pleasure of working with you in so many different areas on the, the camp there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the ministry uh, for those who haven't participated. What does what God do and what's the ministry look like uh, that you came from in, in El Salvador? Um, we started out in El Salvador at a much smaller ministry than King's Castle. Um, we are working in a school for the poor, um, and we were working, uh, teaching the kids um, in the Hope Center after school care, and also serving in the church there. And then um, about a year and a half ago, when we moved over to King's Castle, um, God just broadened the ministry. Um, Elite was able to go out into more communities and more places, um, and as well as working with the Master's Commission students and training up leaders, which has been really awesome. Right. I had the great opportunity to run the construction team. <clears throat> I just got to give another shout-out because this is awesome. I, 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 run the con- I ran the construction at King's Castle. And this church, the construction team at your church, um, pretty much destroyed every record for laying block. They built pretty much an entire wall uh, That's right. in, in, in a couple of days. Usually we might get three sections done. I think we got about 10 or 12. 10 or 12, I think, yeah. These guys are incredible, super men and women. That's right. You worked us hard. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So. I was under the tree going, yep, that goes there, that goes there. That goes. <laughs> Jeremy, come on, Jeremy, get up. So this is a picture of me and Mike in the pig barn. We built this last year with the team. And uh, that's how he is. And this is how he really is if you want. Uh, just goofing around. So we poured a lot of concrete. I still have scars from that. Uh, bless the Lord. I'm right? still coughing up cement. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> Jess, one of the, the great things about, what I love about the ministry that you guys do in El Salvador, it's not typical. I think sometimes when we think about missionaries, sometimes you think about like uh, teaching or preaching or going out on the streets, which is a critical part of elite. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, you guys really are just diving into some really unique ministries. We, we help build the pig barn as part of the sustainability project for the feeding programs and the Bible school. And you jumped in a couple of years ago into a greenhouse project and, and growing food sustainably. Tell us a little bit more about that because you didn't have any training going into this. No, I had absolutely that. no training. Just had a little home garden and a team came and put up the greenhouses in three days. And there they were left with um, no one to really run them or go forward. So... I have been uh, learning a lot in my missionary journey, but um, have been working with the people to help um, bring them healthy, healthy diet, which um, they just don't have the kind of vegetables and resources that we have. They really live on beans and rice. Um, so we're helping them live longer and uh, helping bring food to the nine feeding centers and just getting the kids used to 
to eating a more diverse diet. And the camp will feed? The camp feeds 450 yeah. meals a day, um, so that's why the greenhouses were so uh, important. And then we have nine feeding centers as well. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's quite an operation that you've got going there. And I, I, I think what you've done uh, really exemplifies the thought that God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. And Amen. he gave you the ability. You're now a horticulturist. Is that the word? <laughs> not at all. Just a gardener. Just <laughs> a gardener. All right. Well, not it. <laughs> but you, that is quite the garden. If you go in there, it's, it is just... Uh, it's beautiful. It's food growing everywhere, which is... It's um, three and a half acres in those four greenhouses. So it's really, pr really helping provide for uh, the community in the area. Well, before I forget, I want you guys to connect with them on Facebook, Mike and Jess Brown. Grab a prayer card on your way out. They have a table with a video playing. They've got some T-shirts that are available for a, a, a donation uh, of anything over a million dollars. You'll be just fine. <laughs> and uh, so connect with them at EliteTeams.net. But let's talk about Elite Teams because I think that's, what, that's what's so unique about your ministry. I mean, you're going into some of the hardest places, not just in the Western Hemisphere, but in the world. And you're, you're using physical challenge to reach a, a macho culture. You're using it to train up warriors and missionaries that are going to the darkest places of the world where Americans can't go, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. Now, you put us through that chorus uh, a couple of years ago. So here's, what he, here's how he deceived me, right? Let's just call it what it is. You lied to me. <laughs> he takes me and says, I want to show you the obstacle course. So here's Matt, our facilities director. There's me in the middle. I'm not smiling, by the way. It might look like it, but I'm grimacing. <laughs> he is killing me. So he makes us run the obstacle course, and, and not even at, hold on, hold right there. He, he doesn't even put us through all the things he puts the guys and gals through. He puts us through like one time. They do it like 100 times. He made us do like 100 push-ups. He makes them do like 10,000 push-ups and all this stuff. So he puts us through the obstacle course, then makes us do all these workout things. At the end of the obstacle course, a three-level uh, tower with a rope coming off of it. And he goes, okay, you're going to go off it face first. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so here's me. Uh, I'm shaking. And I get out on the rope. And I go down. And there's something about that challenge of doing something that you, you're a little fearful to do. Um, you, you're pretty sure it's about to kill you, um, but I got done, and I lay on the ground, and what a moment. I realized what you're able to accomplish with these gang members. Right. We, um, the, the, the whole premise of Elite is based on uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. It says, uh, and then he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, we take that literally, uh, all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. For it is, in, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, difficulties, insults, and hardships. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's what we shoot for is to make them weak so that Christ is strong. How many have ever fasted before? How many have ever fasted? Uh, we're going to have to speak on fasting next week. I don't know. Well, the Bible says you're not supposed to brag about fasting. Exactly, so right, like, right, right. Should I so, do it? I don't yeah, know. So I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, so, at any, so you know <laughs> that, that the feeling when you're weak physically in body, the Holy Spirit has the power to move without, without even, I mean, it's, you're so physically weak that the Holy Spirit can move in power. We take that to the effect of physically training 
in, in with Elite, we lift logs, we do everything. How many know the, the Navy SEALs are? You know, a lot of the training that we do is based off of things uh, that they do. So we deplete the body of physical strength so the Holy Spirit has the power to move. So our objective is to go into these gang-ridden areas. We work directly with MS-13 and 18th Street gangs. And we go into these areas and we set challenges for them. Uh, we all know that guys need challenges every day. We need a mission to accomplish. We create a mission for them to accomplish. And then when, we, when they come in, we have them. Uh, we speak scripture into their lives. I, I yell and I encourage. Elite stands for everyday living to encourage. The E, the L, the I, the T, the E, the acronym is everyday living to encourage. We encourage them uh, to get out of the gangs. We encourage them to find hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm happy to report to you, uh, well, I'll do that a little bit later, but <laughs> what God has done through this program, yeah. it's so exciting um, to see what's happening with these gangs. It, it's amazing to hear the stories. And, and we were talking about your family earlier. When you guys received the call to ministry to, to become missionaries um, full-time, it wasn't just about you guys. I want Talk a little bit about how the whole family felt God's calling. It was a whole family calling. Um, you know, some people had suggested to us that we keep family and ministry separate and um, that we just let the kids continue to go to school and do all the normal things. Well, our kids have loved getting involved in ministry. But even before we w went into missions, um, they would go to their Sunday school teachers. Um, they were saying, you know, uh, the world is so much bigger, and, and God has more, and he's calling me to go. And it was just really neat to, it confirmed in us, it wasn't just our calling, but it was for the whole family. And they've gotten involved in things like translating, um, leading teams, working in the medical clinic, and then for our younger ones, just going out there and kicking, out, kicking around a soccer ball with the other kids um, and and just making a family, just be an example of that family to, to some that may not know what a family looks like it's it's their mission too and i think that's is. what is awesome just when we saw them on the camp leading our teams or translating uh for our teams this is theirs too they yeah. they own it as much as you guys it's not just something mom and dad do and we'll just go to school mm -hmm. they do go to school still by the way don't worry they go to <laughs> they they do they tell people well i'm a missionary you know they don't say i'm just a kid or my parents are missionaries but they are missionaries that's so. awesome yep. you were going to say something go ahead <gasps> No, no. Uh, I just, my, my kids are so amazing, and, and we love them. They're at home right now in Pennsylvania. Uh, we turned on some movies and threw them some food and took <laughs> off to Missouri. Uh, no, they're with my grandparents, or my grandparents, they're, uh, their grandparents. But the kids are just so amazing and so resilient because moving into another culture and, and not under, we, we went to El Salvador with no language. For my kids to learn language in a year and then be fluent so that they can translate messages from preachers that come from the U.S. or from, from people that come to visit right. uh, is a great testament that what you were saying earlier, I'm just a construction worker, she was just a caterer, that God equips, and he gives you the, uh, the, the, the understanding and the ability to complete what he has for you. Now, you guys, coming from El Salvador, you guys are in transition now. You're going to relocate to Honduras to, to, with, with King's Castle to uh, work with King's Castle there as well as start Elite there. But you guys kind of have your eye on all of Latin America. Share with us kind of 
the challenges and opportunities that lay ahead of you guys? Well, the, uh, the opportunity is, is that we have, if you can see up there, we've been to a couple of those countries. We have some elite programs set up in those countries. Uh, we're going to be doing Honduras. We have El Salvador. We have Nicaragua. We're going to be setting up in Costa Rica and Guatemala and Panama. So a lot of Central America. And now we have the opportunity to go to South America in, um, oh, and Belize, too. That's going to be nice. Uh, in Brazil. <laughs> Belize is very nice. It's like I'm going to make that trip, I think. And, uh, uh, and two, we uh, have the invitation to go to Vietnam and set up in, awesome. the, in the mountains of Vietnam, uh, communist country. Wow. God is opening doors. Some of the challenges that we face, uh, we don't face any challenges because with God, all things are possible. Yeah. And he's going to open the doors, and we just walk through them, buddy. Yeah. It's all good. You guys have been through some challenges, though. I mean... When we met you two years ago and some of the stuff you're going through, I mean, if anybody has persevered, you all have. And I think all of us who, who've uh, been on a trip with, with you guys uh, see your example of perseverance and, and faithfulness in the, the tough things. You know, we've got this big thing up here that says don't stop. And, I, you know, you guys encouraged us as, as we're walking through some of that stuff with you. And I, I know for, for me, we appreciate that example. We know the missionary life is hard. Most of us can't imagine uh, the the trials and the tests that that a missionary goes through with their family, and yet you've persevered and chased after God's call. You weren't prepared for me to say any of that, but I just <laughs> thought I would uh, I would say it because we we went to the mission field uh, early. We didn't have the language, so we had to go. In, we had the opportunity to either turn around and come back to the states from language school. We were supposed to be learning the language, but our our budgeting was done wrong. So. Uh, we decided to go to El Salvador without any language. We got to El Salvador, and my son had herniated one of his discs. It slipped so bad that he was almost paralyzed on his right side. And without the language, we had to go into the doctor's office, and, tell, and they told us that your son w is probably going to be paralyzed, that something needs to happen. So we prayed, and we cried, and uh, this was a couple days on the mission field. And we thought, my goodness, this is going to be a rough go at it. And we took him in. He got operated on. And my wife called me in tears and said, Mike, we're going to have to uh, find a therapist. I'm thinking, we're in El Salvador. We're going to have to find a, a what? Like a, a rehabilitated therapist and a swimming pool. Well, we're in El Salvador. We're talking very poor. So I'm going nuts. And we stop. And I say, okay, Jess, we're going to pray. So we prayed. And she calls me back three minutes later and says, you're not going to believe this. I said, try me. She said, Lane is up. He's walking, and they're releasing him from the hospital. Amen. He doesn't need therapy. Amen. He knows how to walk. So the trials we face, if we do not stop, if we continue to persevere and know that God is before us who can be against us, God will deliver us and keep us. Don't stop. I love that. I love God, that. Don't stop. God has opened some incredible doors. I know Dan Como, one of one of our uh, church members, was with you in the prisons and and the gang members. I mean, these are guys who are tatted from head to toe with uh, 18th Street Gang or, or MS-13, um, and yet God opened that door for you guys to step into that. Talk a little bit about that. He did, guys. He, um, uh, you know, I never set out to and, and understood what God had for us, but he really put a passion on our hearts for the, the people that, that have been counted out, the people, the drug dealers, the, the alcoholics, the gang members. So we had the opportunity to go into an 18th Street juvenile prison where the 18th Street gang members have tattooed all over their heads, and they are the police. They, they kill police officers, and that's why they're in jail. 
and the Lord uh, opened up a door. I have to add, they're 13 yeah. to 18 years old. They're 13 these to 18 years these old. These are young kids. These, these are not, well, we'd say hardened criminals, but they are. They, they got so wrapped up in the desire to have a family that they went out and shot somebody and killed them in order to get into the family of a gang. And so I, 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 I prayed with and talked with a 13-year-old that has t- 18 tattooed all over his face. So we went into the prison, and it's where you walk in. And th- the thing is, is that the guards stay outside, and they, they lock the doors, and the gangs run the prison. So when we came in, they opened up the doors with our team. We walked through, and they locked us in there. Yeah, they <laughs> locked us in there. <laughs> I can't share Christ at my work. It's too hard. Yeah. Come on, man. You're preaching now. So, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's good. We, we, that's really good. I'm going to use that next time. <laughs> we, uh, we walk in and they lock the door. And all of a sudden, instead of just kind of huddling around and wondering if, if God's going to do something, we dispersed and we went to each member of those, the gangs that were in there. And we showed and shared the love of Jesus Christ. And we have, there's a church started in the prison. And now, check this out, God has provided us a minister who is also my best friend, uh, another best friend, I have a lot of best friends uh, over there that are, that are like some hardcore dudes, but he is now going to preach in the prison two days a week, and we're going to start to see revival in the prisons, and we're going to start to see people come to Jesus Christ, and they're going to minister where we can never get to. That's right, most of these boys will then graduate into the adult prison when they turn 18, and they're already on fire for God. What better place to to have a discipleship program (laughs) than in the prisons, right? You know, I just got to add this, that it's amazing that God showed me that nobody is too far gone. That's right. To, to, to have the love of Jesus change and transform their lives. They might be stuck in prison, but they're going to be preaching the gospel when they're in prison for the rest of their lives, and yeah. they're going to touch thousands. Praise God. You know, it reminds me of the scripture uh, that says, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. It's this idea that those who, who go after the kingdom will be passionate, and that's what, that's what this world needs is passionate believers who... who who the violence of heaven is so much different than the violence of hell, right? The, the violence of love is, is compassion, in action, meeting people where they're at, not afraid to walk into the darkness, and you guys are right on the front line of that. Talk with us about Enrique. I mean, that story, I mean, this is the guy, we went to his house, uh, was it last year, two years ago, um, hung out with his, his wife and his, his daughter, I think his, his, his mother was there, her mother, but tell, tell us a little bit, Enrique, as a, I think it's a fantastic testimony. Awesome. I want to tell you the, the, the test. Can I stand up? I just Go get excited. It. Okay. I get excited. <laughs> I, like, I like to, I'm a very, uh, I, I like to move. So um, we went to El Salvador for the first time, and I didn't know Spanish. Only a little bit. I started to pick it up a little bit. And, and we're standing at, the, at, a, at a site where we were building a church, and I noticed this, this shady character standing across underneath a tree. So I look underneath the tree, and, and the guy, a guy comes up to me, one of the church leaders, and in his, his very, because he learned English from Arnold Schwarzenegger, so he goes, so he comes up to me, and he goes, you know who that is? I said, no. He said, he's bad guy. You, know, you, don't, want to, you don't want to talk to him. And, and when he said that to me, the Holy Spirit said, go talk to him. So I, so I walk away, and he's like, wait, where are you going? You know what? No, come. So I'm walking over. And, I, and I'm taking a step-by-step, step, just a step of faith, because I don't know who this guy is. So I'm walking over to him, and he has, of course, his shirts off, and he has tats all over his body. And I walk up to him, 
and I hold my hand out. I say, hey, my name's Mike in Spanish. I say, hola, you know, mi nombre es Mike. And he said, yeah, that's nice. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he walks away, and I'm like, what the? Well, that was productive. God, I was expecting, like, the, the earth to open up or something. I don't know. I wanted to see some butterflies or I don't know. So I, so because the Holy Spirit, like, everybody always thinks of butterflies. Like, I won't go on a rabbit trail. Um, focus, Mike. Focus. So we, uh, I'm focusing. I'm very, very ADD. Um, what was I talking about? Yes. Yeah, so the second day comes up, and I'm standing with Alan, and I'm over here, and we're working, and we're thinking, and I look over, and I see Enrique standing across the field underneath the same tree, and I'm like, what is this guy's, what, what's he doing? And he said, well, he's, he's checking us out. He wants to see what we're all about. He wants to make sure we're not a threat. Do you know that he's the leader of this whole entire area, this whole region? He's the leader of, of MS-13, and you don't want to mess with that guy. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to mess with him. Go over to him. So I walk over to him, and as I'm walking, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, give him a hug. I said, the Holy Spirit said, give him a hug. Okay, so I walk over to him, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like, is this guy going to pull out a gat and, you know, bust a nine? And I don't know what the terminology is. At any rate, so I walk over to him, and he goes to hold out his hand in that awkward moment when you go to hold out a hand and somebody well, he held out his hand, and I became awkward, and I just wrapped my arms around him, and I squeezed, and the anointing and the power of God came over us, and I could feel it drain out of his feet. I could feel it drain out of my feet, and he opens up to me, and he says, hi, my name's Enrique. I'm like, hi. My name's Mike, and, I, and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, and this was in Spanish, of course, but I won't say it in Spanish for those of you who don't understand. I said, uh, I came all the way from America to tell you that you're an important person. I believe that God has a purpose for your life. Immediately, because I knew the Holy Spirit was moving. And he says, uh-huh. He says, I said, can I pray for you? He said, no, no. <laughs> he said, don't pray for me. Don't lay hands on me. He said, everybody is watching. My, gang, my guys are watching. He said, it's a sign of weakness. And I said, okay. Inside, I'm screaming out, the name of Jesus, break the chains. You know how we do as Christians, but I didn't say it verbally. So I'm standing, and he invites me to his house. He said, you want to come to my house? I said, sure. <laughs> I said, I called up my wife on the phone, and I said, baby, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray. I'm about to go into a gang leader's house. I don't know what to expect. I could get jumped. I could end up, like, chopped up in the bottom of a river. I don't know what's going to go on. So I walk into his house, and there I see his girlfriend, and she is the epitome of depression. And I see their, their newborn son. He wanted me to meet his son. So I said, Enrique, would you, what every good Christian does, would you want to come to church? He's like, mm-mm. No. He said, I walk into church, God will pretty much strike me dead. So I said, okay. So um, I'm thinking, God, how are we going to do this? And the Holy Spirit says, his son, dedicate his son to me because every father wants their child taken care of. So I said, Enrique, what do you think about bringing your son into church to dedicate him to God? And he said, sure. Would you come to church then to dedicate your son? Sure. And he brought his whole, that's what Latinos do. They bring their whole family, right? Their whole family. Everybody's dressed up. And they bring their family. They have food in tow. I mean, they're ready with the music. I mean, I've, I've been there for three years. I mean, these people know how to do it. So they come to church, and guess what happened? They all got saved. All right, amen. Their whole entire family, mother on down to the woman, got saved. And you should have seen the transformation and joy in their face. And I'm looking at Enrique, and I'm like, ain't nothing happened to him. What the? I thought this was supposed to be like the end of the story. Like, woohoo, Enrique's saved. Two years it took 
mentorship. He's killed people in that time. He has, has done some stuff to women that I'm not going to repeat in church, and he has run drugs, and he has been there. He's been on the front lines, and he's still going through all this, but God spoke to me, and he said, don't leave him. I have a purpose for his life. I have a purpose for his life. And I said, okay. And everybody around is telling me, even some of the pastors in the local church are saying, you need to steer clear of this dude. Don't bring him into the church because he is bad news. I had people telling me not to bring him into the church. And everybody, like somebody was saying the left side's strong, he would be sitting way over there and everybody would be on this side. Like, what do I, like, what, I stink or something? So he's over there. And, and to make a long story short, Enrique did give his heart to Christ after about two years. And Enrique, Enrique became a child of God. That's awesome. But the story goes one step further, and that's why I'm up and I'm excited and I get passionate. It's because Enrique, and this happened two days before we were to leave to come back to the United States. And God's a completer, right? God doesn't start something and not complete it. Enrique, that whole time the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I want this guy in ministry. I want him in ministry. I have a purpose for his life, and he's going to touch. Because what he did is he went out to all those gang members. He said, you're coming to Elite. You're coming to Elite. And they, he, all of his 60 guys came into our program and started picking them off one by one. They started getting saved. They started to get filled with the Holy Spirit. They started to come to church. Yeah. And now they're leaders in our youth group in church in El Salvador, bringing more people in. That's discipleship and replication. That's the power of God. So to end the testimony, to end the testimony, check this out. I, I'm going to get a, You're going to start jumping. You can if you want. I get excited. Is two days before we left. In, oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I got one more thing to say. So we're out, and I'm, and I'm with Enrique, and I'm down at the obstacle course, and there's that big tree. Remember that big tree I told you about? There's that big tree, and I'm sitting there. And I'm crying out to God. I'm saying something's going on in my life, and we're, we're making a transition. It's very hard. And Enrique comes down, and he comes up to me, and he's full of tears. And he says, he's like, Brother Mike, he said, I, gotta, I don't know. I feel something inside my body. He said, I feel it so strong. I knew Spanish better at this, mo- at this point. And he said, I need to pray for you. So he grabs me, and he shoves me to the ground, and he starts to cry out in the loudest voice I've ever heard the man speak. And he's snotting. There's tears flowing. And he's just crying out to God on my behalf and my family. Father, save them, redeem them, do what you need to do in their lives. He didn't know how to pray, so he was just doing what he knew. And the Holy Spirit spoke into my ear and said, Mike, look where you're at. So I picked my head up. And I look, and there's that tree. The first time Enrique told me, I'll never pray in public. It's a sign of weakness. Is now crying out to God on my behalf. He was set free, and he said, I've also filled him with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fast forward to two days before we left, through a whole series of circumstances, Enrique found his way into Bible school. We've paid for his first year. God paid for his first year, not me, because uh, I don't have any money. I'm a missionary. So... <laughs> God paid for his first year of Bible college, and he is going to be an evangelist, and he is going to be a walking evangelist. He's not going to set up a church. His church, I told him, is the whole country of El Salvador, and he's going to bring them to the loving and saving power of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that was from a gang member who murdered people is now bringing life to the nation. It all started with one hug. That's awesome. That's, you know, church, you need to hear that this morning. Don't stop. Don't stop. I get to stand up now. It's like tag team. I'm in, I'm in. All right, sorry. We're like brothers. 
So here's the deal. We, we give what we call faith promises. Many of you have, have, uh, have done these or pledges. We call them missionary faith promises. And it's above our regular giving to support the local church. It's to, to expand our reach. The reason you felt what you felt this morning, Mike and Jess, is one, our connection, but two, because we see you as more than a missionary that we just send and go, we throw a few dollars your way and, and we might read a newsletter. It's because you're, our, you're on our team. You're our, our partners. You extend the reach and the influence of C2 all around the world. You're, you're, you're staff members. You're, you're part of what we see God doing through us. And so, church, when you give a missionary faith promise, that's what you're doing. You're supporting our team. Members like Mike and Jess who are going into the darkest corners of the world, right, where most of us won't go, or if we do, it's for 10 or 14 days, and they're living there. And so we're going to partner with them spiritually and financially. We're going to support them relationally. We're going to give them shout-outs on Facebook, right? They put up their Facebook thing, right? No, no it's not. But we're going to give. I'm not ashamed to tell you to give to our missionaries because it's the work of God in El Salvador, in Honduras, all across Latin America, across this world. So there's ways you can support them today. Make sure you get a prayer card, stick it on your refrigerator or wherever you go the most. You can sign up to give a faith promise today. If you don't have money, you say, hey, this is something I want to do on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, or I have a year goal that I'm going to try to hit. You can go online and do that. You can just grab one of the envelopes in the back of your chair today. And it, even if you don't put any money in it, just mark faith promise uh, and the amount that you want to give monthly, weekly, whatever it is, and, and drop it. Our, our ushers have buckets at the doors this morning. And just drop it in. And all that money goes to our missionaries. We don't keep a dime of it. We make sure that we support our missionaries. Your budget, I'm going to guess, now when he talks about budgets, it's set by our national office uh, that oversees our missionaries. I'm going to guess a, a family of six, a, mi a missionary budget about forty dollars or $50,000, maybe greater depending on the economy. I think for Honduras, probably about that. That's, that's $50,000 a year in monthly support. So churches average about anywhere from $25 to maybe $150 a month. So how many churches does it take to add up to that amount of support? Do the math. I can hear the gears grinding, carry the one, uh, you know, it's a lot of churches. They put a lot of time and effort traveling, and the longer they travel here in the United States means less time they have, uh, the longer it takes to get to the field to do the work that God has called them to do. That's why churches like us step up and say, we're going to support you. We're going to support you financially and through prayer. So that's what we're going to do, church. We're going to give, okay? So do the faith promise thing. You can do the envelope. You can go online and mark it. Again, you don't have to give now, but it's something that we want you to start doing. We come around every January, we'll, we'll renew those faith promises because we believe in what they're doing. They're part of our team. Don't you believe that this morning? Amen. amen. Pastor Jeremy, and can I mention... everybody who said amen is going to give. Can I mention one other thing as yes. well, just really quick? Um, the great thing about uh, the ministry that we've, that we've been asked by the Lord to, to head up is that, um, is that we build disciples and... The great thing that we love to do as a ministry is we love to go one step further and we love to send missionaries out. So what we do is that monies that come in uh, and it's uh, we, we, we want to raise up leaders and that's what we do. So right now, even as we sit here, we have around seven um, uh, ministries running and a prison ministry that we support as missionaries because we believe that missionaries, if they ask for people to give, should be giving as well. Uh, and that's not a like, oh, man, he's really sacrificing. No, that's because our job 
is to create disciples. That's God right. said, go out and make disciples. Well, how do you do that? You invest in people, you raise them up, and then you send them. So we have nationals out running those programs that we want to invest in as well. So that's great when you give and you say, man, I feel so great about giving to Jess and Mike. We'll understand that that money is going right back out to give to other missionaries. So you're supporting. It's multiplied. That's awesome. Praise God. So you, you not only have to raise a, a monthly budget, but you have to raise a cash budget of about $50,000 to support the projects. Uh, lest you think they're living in a high-rise condo on the east side, you know, moving on up. Uh, missionaries, if you've been with a missionary, you know that's not true. Uh, it's going right into the ministry of what they're, trying, what, they've tr- what they're trying to do, what God has called them to do. And so then the cash budget you have to raise on top of that goes to all the projects and, and things like that. So if you want to give this morning, we'll have buckets at the doors. Um, our goal this morning isn't, isn't to move your heart to giving. It's, it's to move your heart toward what God is doing. He's on the move. Mike, we've got about five more minutes. How many will give us just five more minutes? Right? Make sure you raise your hands. Everybody who's clapping just gave you five minutes. That's about three hours. So, but Salvadoran time. Salvadoran time, time yeah. Guys, I woke up this morning, and I, and I received a powerful message from the Lord. And I want to tell you that, um, you know, it's easy to say that, but then I had my pastor call me right before I walked into the doors of the church. And he said, Mike, he said, uh, of course, I was crying because, and I'm not a big crier, but since the Spirit of the Lord is moving in my life, I cry all the time. So that's all I do is cry. And um, so he calls me up, and he says, Mike, um, the word that you got from the Lord this morning for the church, don't give it wait. And I said, what? <laughs> and I said, what? You know, it's powerful. And he said, no, just kidding. He said, I'm like, Dude, you're a jerk, man. <laughs> he said, he said, no, the word that you got from the Lord this morning, he spoke to me and he said, you need to give that to the church. And that confirmed in my heart that, um, that this word is definitely for you. It's definitely for some, some people out here. But I want to share this with you. If you guys could turn to Isaiah 30, I'm going to take five minutes of your time and I'm going to do my best to speak what the Lord spoke to me for my life and for your life as well. And I pray that this blesses you. In Isaiah 30, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit, so stick with me here. Okay, so Isaiah 30, it says, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to, to Egypt's shade for refuge, but Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame, and Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. And then if we jump over to, to verse 15, it says, This is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and in rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five, you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are those who wait on him. People of Zion people of Missouri, people of C2 Church, the people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. 
walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, away with you. He will also send you, to the ra- uh, send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground and the food that comes from the land that will be rich and plentiful. In that day, your cattle will graze in broad meadows. And, for, and, to, and to wrap it up here with 31, with uh, chapter 31, verse 1. Woe to those who go to Egypt for, for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. What I want to tell you this morning and what's been so burning in my heart is I can feel the love and the passion of God for this place and for you individually, for you people. And the Lord spoke to me this morning and he said, this is what I want to say to you. Why do you continue to look back at Egypt for your strength? Egypt was a place for the Israelites. Egypt brought destruction, slavery, pain, uh, broken families, broken hearts, hurt backs, disgust, and the Israelites cried out for a savior, and yet when they walked away from Egypt, they continued to look back and said, we need to go back. Do you remember that? They walked away from Egypt towards what God had for them, and so many times they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to that uncomfortable spot. They wanted to go back to or that comfortable spot and what felt normal. What felt like it, was, like it was a part of their lives. And I want to tell you this morning that there is a spot that's your Egypt. There's a spot in your life that you've been resting in. Even though you're beat up in that spot. Even though you, you feel pain in that spot. Even though you feel hurt and you feel like you're beaten down. God has a promise land that he's trying to lead you. God has a miracle. God has a pillar of fire. God has the, the, the his spirit is, is trying to lead you, and you're looking back and saying, but I feel, I feel more comfortable back there in Egypt. I want to tell you this morning, my friends, my family, that God is doing, Pastor Jeremy said it perfectly, God is doing something amazing, and he's starting right here at C2 in Columbia, Missouri. Because what I believe he wants you to know and wants you to understand that you need to keep your eyes on that pillar of fire, that you need to keep your eyes moving towards the Red Sea because he's going to part it for you. He's about to open the doors to something amazing. And I believe personally it's revival. And I believe personally that he's going to bring people in. And I believe that this place, that the words that are spoken in this place are going to be liberating, are going to be life-giving, are going to be so overwhelming to the people that walk through those doors. And the love that I feel and the love that my wife feels is the love of God, and they are going to be torn down like Enrique. Those hugs are going to be changing people's lives, and it's going to start with you. Stop looking at your Egypt. Stop looking back and saying, but I'm so much more comfortable here. I'm so much more comfortable not investing in my relationship with God because I don't want to be called out to minister. I don't want to be uh, out in the open. I don't want to be exposed. God is saying, enough, enough. I've given you so much. I've given you this miracle after this miracle after this miracle. And I'm about ready to part the Red Sea to send you into the promised land. I'm about to open up the floodgates, the power in your life. If you would only stop looking back and saying, but I need, I need that Egypt. I need it. Because that's where I feel normal. How many of you in this place 
would like a new normal, would like a new and exciting and a powerful experience with God. Come on. This is an exciting morning because I don't script this. The Lord scripts it. Every single message is different. So this isn't something that I wrote down that I pull out of my back pocket. This is for you. What you've been feeling, and you're out there, that, that you're not worth it. Who am I? I'm not important. I can never do anything. Who am I? If God could take a construction worker, a farmer, and his wife from Podunk, Pennsylvania, send them to El Salvador to touch one life, a gang member's life, and to reach the nations. I'm nobody special, but I do have someone with me and inside of me that has conquered the world. You have the power of Jesus Christ, the, the, the ultimate superhero inside of you that saved the world. So what does that make you? That makes you a superhero. That makes you somebody who cares the mystery of Jesus Christ that needs to go out and save the world. Are you ready? Because let me tell you something. You don't need to go out and start preaching some masterful sermon and say, and, and have them on their face. That'd be great. But you're you. You only know the things that you've experienced, and that's great. Notice I didn't have to go up and start to preach to Enrique and say, you need Jesus Christ in your life, and you need to repent. And you... I went out and just gave the man a hug. It's possible. I've seen it. So where you feel like you may be nothing, I'm here to tell you that you're more than conquerors. Say it. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. God, I release that over these beautiful people this morning. I release that word over these people. God, that they are more than conquerors. Father, that they are more than conquerors. That they are more than conquerors. That all weapons, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. That all those that rise against them will fall. Father, that you have a promised land that you are leading them to. That, that their eyes would not be turned back in deception. That they would not look back to that Egypt and say, but I need to be there. I need to be there. Even though it's hurting me and killing, I need to be there. God, but to take a step in boldness and to walk towards what you have for each and every one of them. I love you, Jesus. I love you, and I love your words, and I love the truth of your word, and I pray that those words would be imparted to these beautiful people. God, it would be written on their hearts. Church, you receive that today? You receive that today? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray over our missionary partners, Mike and Jess. We're going to pray God's blessing over them as they go. We're going to do our part to continue to pray and support you in our prayers and our, in our finances. Let's pray, church. Would you, uh, as a sign of your prayer, stretch out your hand towards Mike and Jess. Father God, we thank you for Mike and Jess and the ministry that, that you've called them to for their response, for their whole family giving their lives to go do this great thing. That they understand that you and you alone are all that matter. We pray that you give them uh, a continued heart of perseverance to press through in all that you've called them to do in Honduras and throughout Latin America. And Lord, we know that you will provide as your people are faithful. We know you are faithful to provide for every project, every dream that you've put in their heart and their mind. 
to do. We pray that you would bless it. Everything they put their hands to do would be blessed of you. Protect them. Surround them with a legion of your angels that as they go through this country, as they begin to push back the darkness, we rebuke the devourer, rebuke the devil who would come after them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for them. We're grateful for their friendship that you brought them into our family. Now do your work, Father, as they travel, as they as they do your work, we know you're faithful. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and the church said together, amen. Amen, amen. Let's give her another round of applause. Church, thank you, thank you for letting us share and for receiving Mike and Jess and hearing their heart this morning. I look forward to uh, continuing our series, Don't Stop, next week. I hope you come back. I hope you bring somebody with you. God is on the move. Make sure you stop by their table on your way out. Have a great week. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.